0: Hi everyone, this is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Tony McKnight, the Director of Education at AD Instruments. Tony recently joined us for the first webinar in a four-part series on teaching anatomy and physiology, where he discussed ways to future-proof teaching methods. Let's dive in. We are going to kick off our Q&A with our very first question. And so this question is, how do you prevent cheating on virtual exams slash (laughs) tests?
1: That's a very interesting question. And I think there are two parts to it. And and I'm not, I I don't really know the answer. So hopefully other people will, will tell me, but I think that you've got to know that the student who is sitting the exam is the student you think is the student sitting the exam. And uh, there are various techniques to know that. But that, of course, is essential. But other than that, I'm not really so worried about teaching. because I believe, let, let, let's imagine we do this. We say to ourselves, we're going to have a two-hour exam. And in that exam, we put a large number of questions. And we have this mix of questions. And we, uh, we we get the timing, and you have to think about the timing, but you get the timing such that if a student doesn't know the answer and if they then go and do a Google search and they try to find all the answers, they're never going to finish the exam. So all they're going to actually do is ensure that they can't pass it because there's no way. I, I mean, I've done this myself. I've actually taken those category questions, for instance, when I was making them, and I could spend three hours trying to find an answer to just one of those questions and be sure it was correct. It's, it's 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 not easy. It's easy enough if you get a very simple question to go and do a Google search. But if you've got five cho- or six choices, you've got to decide is each of these correct or incorrect, and you try to do a Google search about each one, you're going to be taking half an hour. Whereas if you know it, you can do it in two minutes. So right. I think if we construct these properly that cheating is not necessarily going to be a problem.
0: That makes sense. And a great suggestion for people who are looking for ways to kind of supplement their online tests with questions that are not so easily Googleable, as I've heard it referred to. So thanks for that answer, Tony. We've got another question here from Valerie. Valerie says, I see how this could work for physiology. I have a new anatomy course, which has little to no physiology in it. This is obviously more memorization than anything else. What techniques could work with this type of course?
1: Well, 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 thank you, Valerie, for that, because effectively, I believe exactly the same techniques will work. And in fact, on my list of to-do things is to create exactly the same material for anatomy as we have created for physiology. There, is, there are anatomy laboratories available for online learning, not yet these types of questions, but you you can create these yourselves. Creating these questions is actually very, well, the mechanics of doing them is very simple. The the, the time is taken by thinking about good questions, but in anatomy particularly, you've got lots of labelling, so you can do lots of labelling questions. So I think exactly the same approach, and I think all science subjects are learnt best through students answering questions. And at the moment, I'm actually working on um, a similar approach for chemistry. And I'm learning a lot of chemistry uh, doing this, actually. So I hope that answers your question, Valerie.
0: I think it does. So thank you for that answer, Tony. We have another question here for uh, you, Tony. So this person has asked, during COVID, human experiments in person, especially about respiratory function, aren't possible. Do you have any suggestions on how to bring these labs and these experiments to students virtually?
1: Well, I can answer that in terms of what I know our company does. And I think other companies have done the same thing too, perhaps less elegantly. But within our platform, you can carry out the experiments. And so what we have done for the respiratory uh, experiments, including all the others, is we have recorded what we call as typical data. We haven't tried to make it perfect. It's exactly what the students would record. And if the students can't do the experiment in person, you can give them access to this online, and they can actually look at the data. They can see how the experiment was done. They can then look at real data, and they can do all the analysis as though it was their data. So, it's not as good as being in the lab and getting your own data, but all the analysis, all the thinking, all the questions, the graphs, etc., exactly what they would get if they were in the lab. So, yes, that is the the best solution uh, to that problem that I know.
0: That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so we do have another question here. This question is from Paul. What are some platforms that allow you to do some of these methods, such as matching, that were shown in the presentation?
1: Well, well Paul, I, I, I would love to be able to answer that by telling you names of other platforms. But actually, I haven't researched that. I, we have created this for, for what I wanted, so it's really tailor-made to the way I wanted to teach. I'm sure there are other platforms out there. I'm sure there are other ways of doing this, but I, I can't honestly I can't tell you uh, what, what they are. I'm sure others will be able to tell you answers to that, but, but I can't. I, I only know what I've worked with really.
0: Mm-hmm. And just to add on to that, Paul, in case you missed it, the program that Tony showed you during his presentation today is called LT. It's made by a company called AD Instruments who has sponsored this series. So if you want more information about this software and um, how to use it, there is a link in the resources panel to the LT um, portion of the AD Instruments website. So you can go there and check it out. We have another question here. This question is from Peter. In regards to the example that you gave at the end of your uh, presentation, Tony, about students having better performance in the virtual version of the course, how do you know that the better performance isn't just because the course is less rigorous? Is there any way to standardize the online versus in-person courses?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a, a concern always of whether you're really making it a, a, a proper comparison. But this I showed you there are interesting because over several years, this course is now around this last uh, course I showed you, and it was taught entirely on campus until, and this is a New Zealand course, until uh, April last year, they suddenly had to go for about six weeks onto virtual online learning. And so, as far as we can tell, the course worked equally well either way. I, I, I think that's the only real answer I can give you. I, I, m- most of our data about the success of this is coming actually more from people's experience using it on campus than online. But the online results are, are fitting exactly with the on-campus results. And the same exams being used for both, So I think it's probably pretty, uh, it's pretty fair to say that the results are comparable whichever way you do it.
0: That's great. We've got another question here. Uh, this question is from Liam. Lots of universities use their own systems to track grades and assignment submissions. Does LT integrate easily with any of these types of systems?
1: It integrates easily with Canvas and Blackboard and Moodle. And those are the major systems that are used. And we're working to to make it integrate even better for the future. It's one of the things that we are, we're working on. But yes, it, it does. I mean, it has to, because obviously you don't want students having to, and staff having to use two separate platforms and they don't communicate with each other.
0: That makes sense. And so we've got another question here. This question is from Virginia. In small learning groups, we often see that some students work very hard and others barely contribute. Do you see differences in the exam performance between these different kinds of students with your methods that you described?
1: That's that's an excellent question, uh, Virginia. And I can't answer that because I haven't seen any data that analyzes performance in that way. My guess it's it's very interesting because I had exactly the same problem. I used to run tutorials and you can get one or two dominant people who answer everything and everyone else sits there and says nothing. Sometimes it's simply because, in fact, often it's because they're shy. Sometimes it's a cultural thing. We, we had um, classes with Asian um, New Zealanders mixed together and some of the Asian students never said very much at all. But in the exams, they did just fine. So... I think it's a really difficult but very interesting question, and it will be very interesting to explore in greater depth. It would be an excellent research um, project for you actually to to try to to, uh, to sort that out
0: mm-hmm. And we have one last question here, just to be respectful of everybody's time. This question comes from Denise. She asks, what are five skills a teacher who wants to implement these um, techniques? What are five skills that this teacher needs to develop? And which of the interventions would you recommend starting with?
1: Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a very, very uh, difficult question for me to answer. But, but, I, but I think I'm not sure that I can say five skills, but I'll say that there's one thing that the teacher has to develop. And that is, you have to be confident and about yourself. And your understanding. And you have to be confident to say to students when they ask you a question, I don't know the answer to that. Because that's the scariest thing for teachers when they shift from telling the students everything to effectively assisting the students to learn. Is that fear that you're going to get asked questions that you can't answer? Well, it's inevitable. I mean, I can't answer most questions I get asked because you just don't necessarily retain it and you need to go and refresh it. And I always used to say to the students that the best answer you can give me when I ask you a question is, I do not know. If you then go on and say, but I will go and find out. And so I think that one of the real skills you need is the ability to basically have the students believe in you and trust you. So when you say, look, I don't know, Let's go and find out, and next time we'll discuss this. They all think, that's great. I'm really being helped here because my teacher is, is, is helping me to learn. So I would say that is the major skill. If, if I was going to start anywhere, I would start by creating the lectorials. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not wanting to promote uh, our product particularly, but we now have a collection of almost 4,000 questions that you can draw upon and put into your own course. So there's a a lot of material out there now already done for you that you can go through and put into your course, create the course you want using that material. If you don't want to make videos, I don't think you need to have the videos. The videos are, to some extent, window dressing, and they're a way to make sure that the students realise that it's your course. But you can create the lectorals without the videos. And that would take, that would be the relatively easiest thing to do, the simplest thing to do. And I'd probably start there because that would make the biggest difference to the student learning in, in my experience.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.